Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, ESPNU. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen, with you. CC back with us in the new year, but he's with us on text today. All right, CC, here's the problem. Don't put this on all of us. Canty just texted the group chat. Y'all on crack. All De Niro movies are overrated. Heat, Casino, Goodfellas, Bronx Tale. Can't believe what I just started. No, 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 no. We didn't say that. Pat Costello said that. I did not say that. Smalls did not say that. Whoa, whoa. Nuno and Javante. You said it, Pat. I said Godfather 2 is overrated. I didn't say all of them are. Oh, I thought you said all De Niro movies are I mean, overrated. Heat's overrated. Casino's overrated. Goodfellas what? is fine. And Bronx Tale is fine. Casino None of them is are, not overrated. Casino's, casino's amazing. Way overrated. No, it's not. It, Casino is amazing. Goodfellas is arguably the greatest film of all time. It's De Niro is not. amazing. I just personally haven't seen his best films. Um, but anyway, he's amazing. But have you seen the one in all seriousness with Zac Efron? Dirty Grandpa. Very funny movie. I I'm, not, not. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Pat, you would be into it. Dirty Grandpa. Sneaky, funny movie. Just throwing that. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? Pat, you'd be into <laughs> what it. What? What is uh, why was that an insult by saying Pat's like a young guy? He'd be into that like stupid comedy kind of stuff. So is Javante. N- no, that's not. I don't know. Maybe Nuno would be into it. I don't know. Maybe actually <laughs> Fluno like Fluno would be into it because it's you know it's about him as a grandpa and Fluno Florida Nuno became like an old man grandpa at the golf club and the spa this week and so Fluno would be into it. Uh, we do have to get back into the Thursday night football, but uh, Smalls, there's an issue I think that you have now. Um, with some of the names that I've been called this week. Is that correct? Yeah, so we've added another one to the <laughs> list here. So Udonis Haslam, your favorite athlete, arguably, of all time, right? I, he's over well, Tom Michael Brady. Jo- Michael Jordan, but yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, so, so he's top three. He's on Mount Rushmore of Evan Cohen's favorite athletes of all time. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so he joined us this week because we were live from South Florida. He uh, has a new podcast that's coming out. So Udonis Haslam joins Unsportsmanlike. Incredible interview. Uh, We had some fun, great insight about some uh, basketball issues. It couldn't have gone better. And at the end, UD is saying goodbye to us. He thanks me, and he thanks Owen. He called Evan Cohen Owen which was just iconic, absolutely iconic. Then yesterday, a caller calls in and calls Evan Chris. Which makes which, sense. There is you know, a Chris on this show, obviously. Yes, there is a Chris on this show, but you don't have Chris energy. You have Owen energy, so I can understand why Udonis Haslam would go there, but you don't really have Chris energy to me. So that one was a little confusing, even though, of course, we do have a Chris on this show. And then you just tweeted this out. You you get a breakfast sandwich sometimes from Starbucks, and you basically just get eggs. <laughs> Wait, I'm so I don't sorry. Even know if we can Hold call on. It. Can we just hit a pause real quick? What? We're sitting back here, and Nuno goes, who's the Chris on this show? What? What? <laughs> Chris Canty? What? Canty? And he goes, what? oh, yeah. Wait, what? Nuno, what just happened to you? You didn't remember Canty's <laughs> name? 
What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you're no. a producer. I don't understand. You just didn't remember his name. I mean, I guess of his name, like we call him CC or Canty, probably more than Chris. But what did you think the first C stood for in CC? <laughs> it's Chris Canty. Hey, what? Out of sight, out of mind. He was so, oh, was so confident too. He was just like, "Who's the Chris on this show?" <laughs> oh my god. Okay, wow. keep, keep going, Smalls. Hopefully, Canty's still listening to that. I hope he did. <laughs> Canty, hit us up if you just heard that Nuno forgot that your name was Chris. So, Evan, again, gets, I don't know, guys, can we call it a breakfast sandwich? Because he really deconstructs this thing. I'm pulling it up. So, it is a Starbucks breakfast sandwich. It's a turkey bacon sandwich. And Evan gets it with no turkey. And he gets it warmed up, double warmed. So he puts this out that he ordered this turkey bacon sandwich with no turkey bacon. It's an (laughs) egg white sandwich with cheese and turkey bacon, and I don't want the bacon in it. So I I have it removed. But the way it is on the the receipt here at Evco Radio at Unsports ESPN, Dr. Pepper inbox there, or or whatever the heck, Dr. Pepper there presents that. Um, It it looks like I got nothing. But keep going. So for the order name, it says heaven. Not Evan, not Chris, not Owen, but heaven. Heaven. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even, I give up. <laughs> I, I'm just giving up on my name altogether at this point. I am Heaven Cohen. Heaven, Owen, and Chris. And Cece, by the way, was listening, so Nuno is going to be in an ice bath sooner <laughs> rather than later. Oh, Nuno, baby. you're in trouble. <laughs> this is great. Cece is putting you in an ice bath when he gets back, baby. <laughs> See, forget CC going to the new Seaport Studios that we have. CC is heading right to Connecticut to see Nuno and put him in that ice bath. Wow, wow, amazing! But yes, so if I, if you had to pick one, Smalls, Owen, my new name. For, oh, okay, <laughs> you are very into this Owen thing. Why are you so into this Owen thing for me? It just feels like it fits. And also, who am I to tell you, Donis Haslam, <laughs> that he's wrong? <laughs> If he calls you Owen, I think you're Owen. And Rob, now our social media expert, has created at Unsports ESPN the Owen Cohen name in the Heat logo. So now we have Owen Cohen with the Heat logo, and Smalls is very excited by this. I love it. Iconic. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So we did have Thursday Night Football last night, a game that absolutely drove me crazy in the way in which the Saints handled this game. I thought just a terrible Terrible coaching job by Dennis Allen, their head coach. Fourth and five, end of the first half, less than a minute to go from the Rams' 42-yard line. They're down three points. He decides to go for it on a fourth and five. Makes absolutely no sense. Punt the football away, pin them back, and go into halftime. Go into halftime down three. Instead, they don't convert on that fourth down. The Rams have great field position. They push the ball downfield. They score a touchdown. They're up 17-7. At one point in this game, they're up 30-7. to Just brutal. Then the Saints uh, mount this comeback. They score 15 points in that fourth quarter, and they find a way to actually be in a one-score game, which is how it finished at 30-22. to And as a result... With 3.53 to go in the game, no timeouts, but the two-minute warning, they decide inexplicably, hey, let's let's kick maybe an onside kick here, which gives the Rams some more freedom in their play calling instead of pinning them back. I don't understand it for the life of me. And now the Rams, Smalls, have put themselves in a position in a playoff spot with a winning record at 8-7, and seven, where I am very impressed with this team. They've won 5 of 6. I liked them early. You knew that. or You know that. I, I liked them early this season. They kind of yeah. struggled a little bit. And now they're that team. The Bills in the AFC, if they get in, the Rams and the NFC, the teams that no contenders want to face. 
Yeah, they're arguably one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL right now, which is crazy to say because we thought this was going to be another rebuilding year for the Rams. Yes, they still had uh, some key important pieces from that Super Bowl championship team, but they had a lot of unknown pieces, a lot of youth on this team. So we didn't expect them to be at this juncture right now in the season. We didn't expect them to be this much of a force. And Evan, we, we talked a lot yesterday about receipts and a lot about disrespect. The Ravens are feeling disrespected. The Dolphins are feeling disrespected. Can we say the same thing about Sean McVay? Did we actually disrespect Sean McVay by not thinking that he was capable of getting his team to this point? Sean McVay was the hottest coach in the NFL. Everybody was trying to hire coaches and replicate the Sean McVay effect, the success. Anyone that was connected to him, they were trying to hire him and get their own version of what the Rams did. But yet, we kind of cast him off. We didn't expect him to be able to do this. Does he have a legitimate beef? Can he claim disrespect? It's a very interesting take, Smalls, because if you think about the Sean McVay roller coaster of takes, when he first came onto the scene, as you said, we probably overhyped him. It was too much. It was too much. Like, Cliff Kingsbury was hired by the Cardinals as a head coach. He, I don't even think he ever worked for Sean McVay. And I think they mentioned in the press release with the Cardinals that like they once had lunch together. They once yeah. went to Starbucks and had a turkey bacon sandwich without turkey and bacon <laughs> or the sandwich. Like that they were just there to get like it was it got way too much. So we over I don't think we overrated him. I think we overhyped him. So I think we went from overhyping him to now maybe underhyping him. And I think by the end of the season into next season, we probably will get to the right place with Sean McVay, where he's one of the best coaches in the league on tier two of coaches in the league. Because he's not tier one, right? If tier one is Belichick when he's right, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, he's probably in that, you know, Pete Carroll may be in between tier one and tier two. He's probably in that tier two with John Harbaugh, who's you know, he's kind of creeping up to that tier one with Kyle Shanahan, but he's right there. So I think it's an interesting take. And I think that maybe now we are going to look at him the right way here. And we're going to look at him in a way that, that measures his ability properly. I also think Matt Stafford has become extremely underrated. Matt Stafford has had a hell of a season this year. Now he has caused us to kind of forget about him because of the fact that he has hinted at retirement for the last couple of years. He did not retire. There was all the rumors in the offseason about them trying to trade him. And now he has them at 8-7. and seven. He looked great at times last night. You know, keeping plays alive, making plays happen. As he's rolling left, throwing right, which you're not supposed to do, but he's still doing a good job. 23 touchdowns, 9 picks on the year. They're likely going to finish with a winning record here. They're going to be in the playoffs. And he's going to have potentially, you know, close to a 3-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. So I think Matthew Stafford is right back in the mix. And Adam Schefter tweeted something this morning that was very interesting about Matthew Stafford and what he's done for receivers. You know, we think about guys like Brady. We think about Mahomes in terms of what they've done for receivers, getting them paid, getting them opportunities. How about this? Adam Schefter. In 2012, Calvin Johnson set the NFL single-season record with 1,964 receiving yards. His quarterback was Matthew Stafford. In 2021, Cooper Cup had the, Cooper Cup, excuse me, had the second most receiving yards in a single season in NFL history with 1,947. His QB, and still is, Matthew Stafford. Pua, Puka Nakua, boy, I always get his name wrong, now needs just 147 yards in his final two games to set the record for most receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. His QB is Matthew Stafford. Hmm. He's a hell of a player. Matthew Stafford is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. I know a lot of people probably don't look at him that way, and maybe they think about him more as a compiler with a ring. He's never been a top two or three quarterback in the league, but his numbers by the end of his career with the Super Bowl win smalls are going to put him in Canton. 
Everything you just said, since our dear friend and co-host Cece is listening, I'm going to borrow one of his phrases. That's the definition of a force multiplier. Is it not? Well, you tell me. Go ahead. Well, the fact that you just listed those players and the, their connection with Matthew Stafford, he is the link between all of them, and that he was able to help them reach these peaks, that's a force multiplier. That is a player that is helping those around them have success. That's helping his team be elevated. And I give Matthew Stafford all the credit in the world. We were saying, is this the end of the road for him? He even came out at the beginning of the season and was saying, these players around me, these these offensive weapons, a lot of them are so young, I don't even know how to relate to them. We are on completely different planes as far as our age and the way that we approach things. But he found a way to not only ingratiate himself and these new players into their team, but to have success. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. I guess what's understood doesn't need to be said is what you're saying. (laughs) Coming up, it was a great night in L.A. last night. Or was it? We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN2, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. That is Chris Canty is his name <laughs> for Nuno, our producer. His first name is Chris. Yes. Last name Canty. As um, I've been called many names this week, at least that I know of, including Chris. And um, Nuno, our producer, I literally asked Pat the question, our other producer, who's Chris on the show? <laughs> Hold on. What's worse, real quick? That I yeah. forgot that Chris worked on the show, or that someone thought you were Chris? Uh, easily you. What is? How is that debatable? It's not even a question. <laughs> there are three <laughs> names on the show. <laughs> what are you <laughs> talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait. Well, I could call him Super Bowl champ. Are just oh, trying to oh, save yourself? Shush. Listen, this is so Jalen Hurts of you to try to spin this around, but we're not going to let it slide, Nuno. There's only a few people for you to be aware of in our group here, so you should know it's Chris. Yeah, I mean, if I call you Pat or Pat Javante or Javante Nuno, like that's that's understandable. Right, like we're all on the same team here. What? That's not. Even I mean, the- I do often get mistaken for Javante. <laughs> you haven't learned by now to maybe stay out of that lane of like that gray area. I, I'm just just throwing that out there, Pat. Anyway, um- <laughs> sponsorship, sponsorship. Yeah, yeah say that's the lane. Stay right there, Pat. 
That's where you go. All right. So uh, Smalls is really happy today. She loves the fact that super teams are being built mm. in Major League Baseball. As late last night, Yoshi Yamamoto, we learned, signs a 12-year, $325 million deal with the Dodgers, a $50.6 million posting fee, which means the Dodgers pay his team in Japan that money to get him out of that contract and into the one that he's in, 25 years old. This is a great story for baseball, except if you're Michelle Smallman, who loves baseball more than any other sport, somehow doesn't think it's a great story for baseball. Well, it's good for baseball because there's going to be eyeballs on it because so many people hate this, Evan, that they're going to be hate-watching. And sometimes hate-watching is more fun than regular watching. I did it with the Rams for a really long time, and I had a great time watching them fail until they didn't, which stunk for me. But I do think it's good for baseball because all of a sudden we have a ready-made turnkey villain. The Astros, I think, are no longer the main villain in Major League Baseball, which is crazy because a lot of people still feel a certain type of way about them because of the cheating scandal. But they're like the Patriots. Yeah, they cheated. They had success afterwards. So it's hard to still really hold it against them the same way that we did prior. But all of a sudden, the Dodgers are the hated franchise in Major League Baseball. You have a great team, a successful team, a playoff team that has the likes of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And what do you do? You go out and you add a unicorn, a singular talent, the likes of which we may never see again in Shohei Otani. You pay him $700 million. And what does he do? Let me make the financials a little friendly for you guys. I'll defer 68 of my $70 million a year. Pay me like a middle reliever. Go out and get some pitching since I can't do it this year. They get Tyler Glass now, one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. And now they get Yamamoto, the most coveted pitcher on the international market. The Yankees were in. The Mets were in. And he signs with the Dodgers. This is a verified super team. I hate it, and I hope they don't make it past the DS, Evan. Everything you just said is good for baseball, though. Literally everything you just said. They go out there and they create a super team. You hate them. You're mad at them. You hope that they lose. You have a team to root against. There's a villain. All they are doing is making it more interesting as the days progress here. I guess they're making it interesting by us hating it. But if you're a fan of another team in baseball, you feel a little defeated by this. The financial construct of baseball is such that just by the nature of this Otani contract, even before we knew about the deferrals, a huge portion of franchises were out of the sweepstakes because they can't in any way shoulder the financial burden of a $700 million contract. Even when we thought it was going to be 500 maybe because of the injury that he's dealing with and that he can't pitch next season, even before we knew the figure that was $200 million more than what some initial reports were on what he may command, there were franchises in Major League Baseball that couldn't even dream of going after him. And that stinks for baseball. I love in the NFL that we have markets like Buffalo that we're talking about and Tampa Bay and Cincinnati. I love that it seems like there is a churn of which teams are good and which markets rise to the top. It really stinks that it's the Mets and the Yankees and the Dodgers and maybe the Giants that are consistently in on these big name free agents that are going to command all this money. Smalls, breaking news. We would have that exact same scenario in the NFL if there wasn't a salary cap. This is not about the Dodgers, the Yankees, or the Mets. This is about the structure of the sport. By not having a salary cap, you're going to see Yamamoto go there. And guess what? If there are other guys they potentially could get in on because of the way Otani creates that contract and all the deferred payment, they're going to get in on them too. 
And you you have this super team, you have this power, you have this villain that everyone pays attention to. It's not dissimilar to another team in L.A. with the Lakers that you bring in LeBron James, you bring in Anthony Davis, they win that in-season tournament, they hang the, the banner, which is just the most absurd thing you'll ever see in your life. They win um, the in-season tournament, right? And then ever since then, they've been 1-5 since the in-season tournament is over. They're on a four-game losing streak, including last night to Minnesota without LeBron playing. And this is real audio. This is Anthony Davis last night after a regular season game in December talking about the next game they are going to play against Oklahoma City. You know, we just got to get back to winning. Um, it's that simple. But, you know, obviously in the NBA season, there's going to be some ups and downs. Um, you just got to continue to fight, continue to play. Play hard, play with some effort, some energy. And, uh, you know, we're treating Saturday as a must win. We're treating Saturday as a must win in December in the NBA. The lo- This is why a team like the Dodgers is interesting. Same way the team like the Lakers is interesting because when you have a polarizing franchise, you have a team like that, every little soundbite is interesting. Minnesota Timberwolves are way better than the Lakers this year. If anybody in the Minnesota Timberwolves said, hey, this game coming up is a must win, we would not pay attention the way in which we're going to pay attention with Anthony Davis actually in season in December claiming that there's a must-win regular season game that has nothing to do with them being eliminated from the playoffs. I don't even know if I've ever heard of such a thing. What weird moments that have happened with the Lakers this year, hanging a banner for the in-season tournament, and now treating Saturday against OKC as a must-win. Yeah, it seems like things really went awry after that banner was dropped, no? Maybe what? a curse? Oh, the wait a minute. Go the ahead. Curse of, oh, the curse of the in-season banner? Is that something we're ready to discuss? The I mean, a lot of basketball tournament left to play. Curse? That's what you're saying? We have an IST mean- curse. That's what it is. No, the that, banner curse. It's not that they won the IST. It's the banner. Because the banner was a big point of contention for sports fans, basketball fans. Well, People it should hate- be. It's ridiculous that you put up that banner. But watch. LeBron's going to get the in-season tournament now eliminated because if his team falls out of it as a result <laughs> and all of a sudden they have, a, they have a tailspin as a result of this, that he's going to now have. He's going to talk to Adam Silver in the league and say, okay, that's it. It's over. No more in-season tournament. Or he's just not going to play in it or have his teams not play in it moving forward and really try to give max effort because they've been awful absolutely awful since that in-season tournament. But again, we're bringing it up. We're bringing up the fact that the Lakers have been bad since the in-season tournament. We're bringing up the fact that they have lost four games in a row and they're one and five since that in-season tournament took place. The same way we will do that with the other LA team and the Dodgers. This is why what happened last night with Yamamoto is a great thing. Anytime we can create super teams, relevant teams, polarizing teams in all of sports, it is a good thing. Whether you like it or not, Smalls, just like the Lakers in L.A., we're going to be talking about the Dodgers nationally. Same thing. It's the same thing. And because of those two guys, Otani and Yamamoto, in addition to Betts, in addition to Freeman. All right, coming I, up. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say quickly, I think it's great for baseball if they don't win. It's great if they're a super team, they're villainous, and they don't win. If they go on and this is a dynasty, that's boring. Is it, though? Because at some point, At some point, they're going to lose, and then somebody's going to break up that dynasty. Some point they're going to lose. All right, coming up, Cowboys Dolphins this weekend. Who needs it more? Plus, Jalen Hurts tried to walk it back. Did he accomplish that? We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsman Like, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, 
Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPNU. ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Hello with Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. Tune in for Football Action Sunday as the Vikings host the Lions. Coverage begins noon Eastern on select ESPN Radio stations. So, Dolphins... Cowboys here in South Florida, where I am at ESPN West Palm, smallest at ESPN in St. Louis, 101 ESPN. Uh, Dolphins Cowboys this weekend is certainly the game of Sunday that everybody is paying attention to that is going to probably be the best game of the weekend. But Smalls, here's I'm going to flip it on you for a second. Okay. If I told you one of these teams made a Super Bowl run but didn't have a resume building win in the regular season, who would it be? So in other what words, if I they told could. You. Yeah. What if I told you the <laughs> Cowboys or the Dolphins made the Super Bowl, but neither had a Super Bowl win in the regular season? Which one would it be? Hmm. In other words, the Dolphins or the Cowboys, they lose this week, one of them, and they don't have that win in the resume. And we play the college football game where they don't have that strength to schedule that looks like a Super Bowl team. But you know what? They can now flip the switch when it comes to January and to February, and they're going to make a run to the Super Bowl because really what happens in the regular season just gets you to the playoffs, and maybe it doesn't impact what's in the playoffs. Ooh, that one is tough because you can make the argument for or against either of these teams. I want to go with the Dallas Cowboys, Evan, because they did beat the Philadelphia Eagles, even though they're in a bit of a lull right now. They're in a bit of a skid, and the Cowboys' win was during that period. But I have a hard time going there because the Cowboys notoriously fall short in the postseason. And I also think they're going to likely have to beat the San Francisco 49ers in order to get there. And the 49ers handled them easily, 42-10 earlier this season. So it's hard for me to envision Dallas doing that. It's also hard for me to envision Miami, even though they're a great team, an explosive offense. I love Mike McDaniel. He's very creative with his play calling and, and the scheme. Tua's playing great. Tyreek, arguably the MVP. They haven't beaten anybody of note. So I have a hard time predicting that they could go into the playoffs and beat a Bills team or of the Ravens, even though we'll have a better barometer of where they stand against those two teams as they play both of them to head down the stretch of the regular season. But I think if I have to pick one, I've liked in totality what I've seen out of Dallas more than I have out of Miami this season. You know what I've realized after two and a half hours of conversation today where every single time we talk about the Cowboys and the Dolphins, Michelle Smallman is literally given an advanced algebra uh, problem, as I can't even say advanced algebra, I think this is the hardest matchup we have had all year to dissect because I think what I've realized is they are twins. And they are NFL twins. If you think about the Cowboys and the Dolphins, they are the same. I don't know that there is a a group of teams, take one AFC, one NFC, that would fit the 
NFL twins more than these two. Mm-hmm. Like, we grouped the Eagles and the Chiefs together because they were in the Super Bowl last year. Or maybe we do have three sets of twins now that I think about it. Why? Because they, they both well, were in the Super Bowl last year and are vulnerable and, yeah. and kind I'm of stumbling. Give you, okay, NFL twins. Here we go. Okay. Cowboys and Dolphins Love are it. NFL twins, right? You could see them making a run in the postseason. You also don't like the fact that they don't have a resume-building win in the regular season, even though the Cowboys do, but somehow we retroactively held the Eagles win against them because it's not as good as it should have been because the Eagles lost the next week. Okay, Cowboys and Dolphins, NFL twins. Eagles and Chiefs, NFL twins, in the Super Bowl last year, you absolutely believe in their quarterbacks. You think in the biggest moments they'll still figure out a way of pulling it off, but... They've kind of been way worse this year than you anticipated. Okay, yes. NFL twins. Can, can I guess yep. the last one? Go ahead. Are you going to say the Rams and the Bills? Not, I'm not there yet. But okay. I, I, you can say that. I was going to say the Eagle. Excuse me, the Ravens and the Niners who play on Monday oh, Night Football. Number one seed overall. We're in the Super Bowl against each other a few years back. Uh, coaches that you completely trust in big games. Well, I shouldn't say that with Shanahan. Uh, coaches that you completely trust. Quarterbacks that I think are criminally underrated. For mm-hmm. different reasons, mm-hmm. right? Lamar, because like we just take him for granted. Purdy, because we just credit everyone else. Hard-nosed, nasty football teams that have actually been good all year, but we don't actually acknowledge that they've been good all year for whatever reason until now. So there's another version of NFL twins. You want to give me Buffalo and the Rams, why? Well, a lot of important pieces on both teams. They have stumbled at different points in the season. We have cast them off both teams at different points this season and they're both getting hot at the right time and both could go on a run all right i'll give you that i don't love it as much as i love the other ones but mainly because i came up with them um anyway so uh the other one that i would give you smalls what if what about what if i told you (laughs) the browns and the lions now they don't play similarly but it's hard for us to believe in the laundry because of the history, yes. but both are really good football teams. I could definitely NFL go there. twins? Yeah, we're going there? I could go there. I could absolutely go there. Now, obviously, the Browns are in a different position because of their quarterback situation, but historically, we just But wait, wait, wait. Hold on. They're, they're two quarterbacks that have both been to Super Bowls. You, you know what? Blackos won one, but Goff did not. But they both have been to Super Bowls. That's a good point by you, Evan. Owen, I like what you're going. Where you're going, Owen? Well, heaven, heaven sometimes comes up with some things here. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Both of their quarterbacks have been to a Super Bowl. One has won, and because of the laundry, we just assume they're going to bungle it somehow. Nuno, Pat, are we in on NFL twins? Are you buying in that we have NFL? We have four or five sets of NFL twins. Any should be taken out, any that we think we should put in. Nuno, Pat, Javante, you guys have any NFL twins you want to throw out there? I think that you could pretty much put the entire NFC South as NFL twins. (laughs) They're just all the same. No, I'm now believing that. I'm now believing Tampa is better than the rest. I, I have ta- I have Tampa, then Atlanta, New Orleans, then Carolina. So I'm not putting. I actually am not in on that. I'm not they, in on that. Are they good for that division, or are they good? Period. No, they're not good. Period. But I, no, <laughs> I, I'm not putting them in on that. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Doctor Pepper call in line. Did we just discover something? Did we just organically discover that we have sets of NFL twins, teams that are basically the same, but in opposite conferences? Any ones that you would have issues with? Cowboys, Dolphins, Eagles, Chiefs. Ravens, Niners, Lions, Browns, Bills, Rams. Do we look at them as NFL twins? You taking any out or putting any in? Now, 
We also have something that stems from Monday Night Football. So the Eagles go out on Monday Night Football. They lose to the Seahawks. And after the game, Jalen Hurts takes the podium, meets with the media, and discusses what happened in that game. This from Monday night. We need this to set up what he said yesterday. We didn't execute. Um, I don't think we were, we're, all, we're uh, committed enough. You know, you know, just, just got to turn it around. You know, um, you know, it's a challenge that we have to embrace. Just continue to see it through. What do you mean by that, about being committed or not? Commitment. I don't know that I had a dictionary on me now. Um, excuse me. I don't know um, how else to say that. I guess, how are you seeing that present itself? Just, you know, it's a matter of being on the same page. Um, it takes everyone being all in um, in all aspects. And, you know, it, it starts with me. Okay, so there's Hurts Monday night. They lose to the Seahawks. He calls out commitment. We're all kind of wondering what does he mean. Yesterday, Jalen Hurts, Eagles quarterback, tried to clarify those comments. You know, my, my mind was in a, in a place of just trying to challenge myself, um, challenge myself. When I say we, I mean me because I, you know, I'm, I'm the point guard out there. I'm the one that makes everything go, um, and I'm the, I'm the guy that everyone trusts in to do and set the pace uh, for everything. That's in um, how I play. That's in my leadership. That's in every aspect of the game and that comes with the shoes that I walk in. And so this is a challenge to myself. I think it's just a situation where we are, you know, where this is something that we're going through, not something we're stuck in. All of that starts with me. Um, and that's something that I, that I own. You know, that's something that I take responsibility in and I've never shied away from. And so I embrace that challenge. The last thing I want to do is lead that Leave that feeling, feel like I let my teammates down, feel like I didn't do enough for my teammates. Smalls, Jalen Hurts to me is as likable a football player on and off the field, what he lets us see about him in the league. There's no way I believe anything he just said. This this was not about him. Why not? Why don't you believe him? Commitment? We're going to question. So we think that he gets up there on Monday night and he's talking about his own commitment. A man that everyone is saying was like really ill going into that game has to travel separately from his team to not get them sick, is probably as weak as could be, banged up the whole deal, flies across country to go play a Monday night football game against Seattle, plays the entire game, does not sit out, and they lose, and we think that he's questioning his own commitment? Come on, give me a break. But he did say at the end of that clip where he talked about commitment, it starts with me. Sure. So he put himself in that group. He put himself at the front of the pack in that group. No one's questioning his commitment to his team or questioning his commitment to playing. You just outlined it. This guy was so sick he could have easily taken it, taken a game off. He flew separately from his team. He battled it out. And I love that out of my franchise quarterback, if I'm an Eagles fan, that he says even despite all of that, I still have to be better. I need to commit more to this in any way that I can. I also am not going to hold him responsible for anything that he said after that game. I know how I am when I'm sick, especially that sick. And I can't even imagine what that sickness compounded with the draining of energy that comes from playing in an NFL game combined. Standing on that podium, he was probably so beyond gas. I will not hold him responsible for anything he said in that moment. But I do think he's lumping himself in with the team because he does have to be better. The entire team needs to be better. So. I believe him when he says that it starts with him and that he needs to be in that group as well. That's a good defense, but no chance. <laughs> no, come on, Smalls. 
come this on. Is, this is you so think that that not rant, but you think that take post game on Monday night was about him? Come on, no way, no way. It Owen knows that. Heaven knows that. Chris knows that. We all know that. All of us, all four of us. Evan, Heaven, Chris, Owen. All of us are, are agreeing on this one that it is absolutely not about him. Now, who is about? Don't know the answer to that one. Coming up, if you're bad. Would you want to be historically bad? We'll dive into that next. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Time for the most exciting Pistons fan in the entire NBA to tell you what he saw last night. Uh. It's Javante's Detroit Pistons second. So Javante, what happened? So Javante, what happened? They're still losers. Nothing changed. Thanks, Javante. <laughs> we are on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPNU. Alama Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. CC back with us in the new year. Smalls. Yes. The Detroit Pistons lost again last night, this time to the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz were without multiple players last night, including Larry Markkinen. And um, the Pistons have lost 25 straight games. 25. The record is 26. Question for you. Yes. If you were a Pistons fan like Javante, would you want the record? No. No? There's no part of you that's like, hey, like, you know, if we're going to be this bad, why not like really go all the way through with it? No, because I've been there. Evan, when I covered the St. Louis Rams, they went 15 and 65, which is tied for the worst five-year stretch of football in NFL history. Why would I ever put myself through that willingly? Why would I ever willingly sign up to watch terrible football over and over and over again if I knew the outcome? There's no way I'm cheering for my team to be historically bad. 
You of all people are asking this question, Mr. Frontrunner? No. Well, way. yeah, I can't. But I'm just saying, it's like you'd be in first place. There is a front-running aspect to it, right? You'd actually be in first place. Like, Javante, you've lost 25 straight games as a Pistons <laughs> fan. Do you want to get to 26 and 27, or do you want them to stop? Not that it's up to them. But do you want, like, is there any part of you that's like, we might as well go all the way through with this thing? Uh, no, that'd be because, like, with the NBA, it's no guaranteed number one pick. Like, they could still not get the number one pick. True, but there's an – is this an accomplishment? No. An accomplishment not, signifies yes. that you have earned something of worth. You have accomplished This is something, something of worth. You have, you have a record of most losses in a row. If you lose, nobody's going to respect that. Like, oh yeah, we, Evan, what? best so, losers ever. So the definition of accomplishment is something that has been achieved successfully, and they have successfully become the worst team in basketball. Thank you, Pat's on my side. This is technically an accomplishment. Accomplishment, as Pat has pointed out, no. does not necessarily no. indicate a positive. No. So should they put up a banner for it? <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. If they yeah. put up a banner for most losses in a row all time in NBA history, I think, think it is an accomplishment. It's just not a good one. Let's say they lose 30 in a row. You think any member of that team 10 years from now is going to be like, hey, yeah, I played for the Pistons. I was on the 30-loss team. No, but I think every member of this team for the entirety of their life, anytime they bring up that they played for the Pistons this year, they're going to be asked about it. Like, you can never disassociate yourself with this. You're a part of this. Cade Cunningham was the number one pick in the draft a few years ago. Like, he is associated with this. This is what he is associated with. You cannot shed this. It's sad. It's not like, hey, you've done nothing else in your life, and we're only going to care about this and not care about, like, any, like, human interest that you have or any charity that you've done or anything like that. Evan, I don't know. This is like an all-time stain. This is something that it's like a deodorant in the bad way. You can't shake this off. Maybe they'll go on to accomplish other things in their career, but no competitor wants the stench of an all-time losing record on them. Well, I'm not saying the players do. I'm wondering if you're a fan and you've already hit the 25 mark and the record is 26, 27, whatever it is, if you want to go all the way through with it. and it no. would, it, But it is an account. Like, Pat, explain this from your perspective, why you believe – this is an accomplishment based on definition because I think I'm in agreement with you here. Well, they're achieving something in that they are the worst at it. I mean, I think achieving being the worst is successfully achieving something. It's just the opposite of what you want it to be. If that was your intent, then yes. And NFL teams, we talk about tanking for a quarterback. If your intent at the beginning of the season was to be the worst team in order to get that pick and get your desired player, okay, you were successful with the intent of your actions. There's no way the Pistons at the beginning of the season are like, hey, guys, why don't we just lose a bunch of games? Get the record. I didn't say they were happy about it. Nobody said this was like a planned thing. Like I love when Smalls goes into like the like broad like the making fun of me broadcaster voice <laughs> Dak Prescott. Hey guys, you want to lose twenty five in a row? Like I we know that nobody is saying that Smalls, right? But, but technically, it is an accomplishment okay. to lose this many games in a row. But the definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So if it's their purpose to lose this many games, okay, fine, you accomplished it. I don't think the Pistons are purposefully trying to do this. Therefore, why would you ever, as a fan, want your team to go down this road and get the record? Can no I, way, a, no wait how. Wait a minute. You just changed, You moved the goalpost. Pat and I never said success. Well, we said accomplishments. Of, success is part of the definition of accomplishment. So I looked up the definition of success. We're digging deeper. We're taking another layer off here. 
You know what's really bad? Is that the what? Pistons aren't even the worst team in the NBA. <laughs> it's the Spurs. The Spurs, for the amount of hype that they came in with to be 4-23, and 23, is so much worse than the Pistons, who had no, no expectations at all. No, no. It's so much worse. No, 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 We no, talked no, about no, the no. Spurs all offseason for Victor Wembayama, and they, they come in 4-23, and 23, Evan? They have not lived up to any hype. I agree with you. Way worse than the Pat, Pistons. We're talking about a team that has 25 straight losses. The, the Spurs lost like 20 in a row. Okay, so watch this then. Javante, would you rather be the Pistons or the Spurs? Spurs just because they have <laughs> Wimbyama. Yeah. Yeah, how's that going for them? Maybe they have something to build off. I mean, the Pistons got cutting him, but... They have double the amount of wins the Pistons do. Four to two. They have double the amount of wins. Four to two. Four to two. It's true. 888-SAY-ESPN is the all-time losing streak record an accomplishment. Do we look at this as an accomplishment? Joseph in Virginia watching on ESPN2. Joseph, before you get to your Jalen Hurts take, do you do you look at 25 straight losses as an accomplishment? Absolutely not, sir. <laughs> um, that and you know what's crazy? I am a I am a it's funny, it's funny you brought that up because I'm actually a Pistons fan. Oh, you are? <laughs> of course. No, of course. We know we planned that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and so so that's so no, I, I hope they don't get that rec- that record. That is an embarrassment. <laughs> okay. All right, what do you got on Jalen Hurts? Yeah. So I'm going to defend Smalls, and this is weird coming from me being a Cowboys fan, Ooh. but I love, I, I've love i been following Jalen Hurts since, since since high school, and I'm not one of these delusional Cowboys fans that uh, is not uh, that's unrealistic. You know, I'm a football fan first, so I'm very critical. So I, I respect every team. But Jalen Hurts, you know, he, said the, he says the right things. I like my quarterback to be like Jalen Hurts. So I, I always defend him. And, you know, he says the right things. I don't think he personally said anything wrong in that post-game interview. That, that's just me personally. And I'm a Dallas fan, so. No, and, and by the way, let me not get it twisted here. I'm saying thanks for the phone call. I'm a Jalen Hurts fan, too. I think he says and does all the right things. I just don't think when he's on Monday Night Football after the game, after a loss to Seattle, and he's talking about commitment, he's talking about his own level of commitment. I just don't buy that part of it as he was trying to clean it up yesterday. He always takes the hits for the team. We know that. We know he is somebody that is always going to stand out front and protect everybody else on the team. But there's just no way after a man is sick all day, questionable as to whether or not he was going to play, has to fly separately cross-country to Seattle just to make it to the game in time to play after his illness. There's no way that he's questioning his own commitment. That's crazy to me. He's questioning the commitment of others. And he, yesterday he realized, okay, i got to run it back a little bit to protect everybody, as he always does. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.